Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. Actually, now, actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They ain't hating on me on Chad. You know, I got to do something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Minasa, you all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Yo, get out of my face with that crazy that's, stuff. That's, the number to call, 347-633-9365. Y'all got to take, y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Studs. And now, your host, Chad Coconut Creek to add to the pot there. 
So here's what potentially, potentially Ohio State could have here. They already have Torrance Gibson, who is a six foot four wide receiver who is as fast as anyone. Um, they're looking at Benjamin Victor if he indeed ends up there and he has committed, but what the hell does that mean anymore? But nevertheless, Victor's committed there. And uh Trayvon Grimes has all but committed to Ohio State. So six foot four, six foot five Benjamin Victor and a six foot five Trayvon Grimes. All three of those guys are tall. All three of those guys can go get it. All three of those guys can run. Congratulations, Urban Meyer and Ohio State Buckeye fans. As you load up a basketball team masquerading as uh, football wide receivers. Good luck to the rest of the Big Ten trying to cover those guys. That's if that's how that goes down. Who knows how things will change as time goes on. I have promised you guys that this will likely be the craziest recruiting cycle and the craziest signing day of them all. They will continue to get progressively weirder, if I can use that term, as we go along here with the number of coaching changes that we've had this offseason. I fully expect Bedlam, the mayhem, havoc, debauchery, all those things to uh, take place here in the final week and a half. Um, you know, there's all that talk about the big time guys. And again, let me just say today that we are, uh, you know, it's the recruiting roundtable, so I will have reporters on. And I will have Andrew Spivey on from GatorCountry.com to talk Gator football and recruiting. Woody Womack from Rivals is going to join me uh, to give you some information on some uh, big names jumping around. Keith Niver. From Auburn, uh, 247 Sports, big-time Auburn a reporter for them, and uh, does a great job, gives some good information there. Bill Bank Green is going to join us, and, you know, a good person to have on right now with all going on with Ohio State and Michigan. And uh, I'm also going to be joined at the end by Rob Cassidy, who is going to talk some uh, University of Miami recruiting, State of Florida recruiting. So nice little lineup that we have tonight. And to come on and talk about the big guys, but also want to use this time to talk about, you know, some of the players that aren't big time. And you've got 2016 uh, football players out there, prospects that are still looking to get recruited. And, uh, you know, it's a tough time for them because, you know, around this time of year, the big schools start coming in, the Power Five schools start coming in, and they're uh, handing out scholarship offers to juniors and sophomores, and it's a little difficult for some of those seniors to take. Um, do understand, though, once you get into your senior year and you reach this point in your senior year, it's very difficult to get recruited by those schools. To be quite honest with you, when those big-time schools are showing up to uh, campus, you know, Michigan's, Ohio State's, Miami's, Florida's, Florida State's, Texas, all those big schools uh, start coming down here, they're there really at this time of year to do two things. One is to shore up any 2016 recruits that they're in the running for. So make eye contact with them, meet with them, talk with them, put in some of their last uh, pitches to get that player on their campus. And then they're looking to pick up and get on some, uh, some put out some early offers to, you know, juniors and sophomores and maybe even a superstar freshman if there's one on your campus. They're really not there to pick up new recruits for 2016 because in all honesty, they're probably full in terms of commitment for their class when it starts getting into January of the year. Uh, so, you know, I know you see them there and it's like, well, I had a great senior year. Why can't these guys offer me? You know, they're here offering all these other young guys. Well, that's, you know, a little, it's shedding a little insight there for you on that. Their classes usually are full. And it's not often that they will get on in such short notice 
They haven't really been recruiting you. They don't have that much information on you. They don't really have a real feel for who you are that they would now turn around and offer you. Not impossible, because it does happen. But by and large, not something that they do. Now, if they come in and they have a specific need, a particular need at a position, and uh, some guys that they were after are not falling in their basket and they need to, they need, they need to fill a certain need, then you can see them going after a guy. You know, so, you know, they're coming down and they need some wide receivers. They wanted to take five in the class. They thought they had five and, you know, three guys decided to go elsewhere. They look like they're going elsewhere. Then they might come into your school and look at wide receivers. And, you know, good for you if you're a wide receiver that fits the profile for that school and you had a good senior year, coach can put the film on and perhaps you do get recruited. And that does happen, but it's not the norm. So, uh, I know some 2016 recruits out there are mad at the world, feel like they should be getting more attention than they do. It's a little tough to be on the social media networks and see guys putting up offers and, you know, you're not one of those guys. My message to you is this. If you're not, uh, you know, an FBS recruited player, as I say every week, it's good football in FCS in Division Two and Division Three. I'll share the story of John Gannell, who played for me, middle linebacker at university school. He was a guy that was a pretty good player, had a pretty good man. He started three years at university school, solid football player. I don't. He made I don't know how many tackles, three hundred tackles maybe, quite a few. Damn good football player. Just didn't fit the profile for you know Division One and Division Two schools. Just didn't fit that profile. You know, a little bit undersized, a little bit on the short side, five ten, five eleven. Ended up going to Mountain Union. Uh, you know, this is a the creme de la creme of Division Three, but nevertheless, it was not USC. It's not Miami. You know, not playing on TV. You're not going to be on ESPN or ABC, CBS. Not the football he grew up watching. Nevertheless, goes to Mountain Union, plays his behind off, becomes a big man on campus. They win a couple of championships there, and he's had a great experience. A great experience. I would venture to say that if I had John on interviewing him right now, I don't think he would trade in his experience at Mountain Union for anything. So don't turn your nose up at Division Two, Three, NAIA, FCS schools if that's what you've got coming your way. I always say it, extend your football career. Just keep playing. Never know what's going to happen. So nevertheless, um, please understand that those FBS schools coming in now, those Power 5 schools, unless they have a specific need, they're not looking to offer seniors right now. And that's just the way that it goes. But a lot of crazy stuff going on out there, a lot of savagery going on uh, for some reason on social media today. I don't know what kicked it off, whether it was Jada Pinkett Smith saying that she is going to boycott the Oscars, I don't. That's like twisted the world upside down. I mean, is that the biggest thing we've got going on in society right now? The Oscars. I mean, by saying that she was going to boycott the Oscars, I think she's probably had turned it into something where more and more people than ever before are going to tune in. So it looks like this is going to have the opposite effect. So other celebrities have come out and either supported her position on this, or have vehemently opposed, like Aunt Vivian from uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, she had something to say about it, and so did Stacey Bass. 
Stacey Dash wants Black History Month uh, done away with, and she's asking why we have something called BET. She's entitled to her opinion. She has a very strong one. She is really probably ratings goal for Fox because uh, it, it's just about once every week she says something that goes viral. And that's good news for Fox because we live in a click world. We're all just searching for clicks and likes. Hit the like button. Retweets. So uh, she comes up with retweet-worthy type stuff almost on a weekly basis. So kudos to uh, her and Fox. She has struck again saying uh, we need a fully integrated society where there is no Black History Month, no BET, no FAMU, no Bethune-Cookman, no HBCU, no Southern, no Grandma. She didn't say that last part, but, you know, I could extend, put words in her mouth, per se. You uh, got to do away with the HBCUs. So I don't know if she was close to say something like this. I don't know if she fully thought it out. But uh, nevertheless, she said it. On the topic of FBCUs, there's another uh, untapped area, I think, for some players out there, is that they don't consider those enough. You know, if you're not getting picked up by uh, some of the bigger name schools that you would like to be recruited by, there's nothing wrong with going to HBCUs. They play good football, too. You've got a number of NFL players that have emerged from HBCUs. And for those of you not familiar with uh, the term, it's historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs. So, you know, Howard, FAMU, Bethune-Cookman, you know, Norfolk, those type schools um, are somewhere where you might want to focus if you are having trouble being recruited by, you know, your upper echelon FBS schools and things of that nature. So just something for you to consider. All right, a couple of weeks away from National Signing Day and uh, just a couple of weeks away from the big pre-National Signing Day Eve show, that uh, uh, the second annual Signing Day Eve show. Going to max it out. Full three hours of programming on that day. Talk to all of the reporters that we can. And uh, fill it up with some stuff for you. Because I know um, fans are anxiously hanging by a thread. As It's almost like Christmas. It really is. Almost like Christmas. Last year felt like Christmas. They did a signing day show. And uh, went pretty long with it. Had some great guests on. Had a great time. Best show I did all year last year. And then stayed up all night. I did. Following recruiting news, I turned into one of those guys. Turned into a guy I probably said I would never become. But there I was, running down some news, making phone calls and taking phone calls, and involved in some last-minute moves. Me, myself, yeah, thrown right into the middle of it. Uh, Involved in some last-minute moves with some schools, calling some players, and uh, some... uh, behind-the-scenes type of stuff going on. There'll be plenty of that going on. Some of the craziest things went down last year on signing day eve or leading up to signing day. Uh, A couple of coaches uh, having things not go the way they expected on an in-home visit and then taking to their rented vehicle and driving through the streets trying to find another recruit to replace the one that they just lost in the home. Funny stuff. You put it in a movie, if you put it in a book, you probably wouldn't believe it. But yes, College football recruiting is some of the craziest thing going on on a year-to-year basis. All right, I'm going to jump into my first break. When I get back, I'm going to start the roundtable moving. Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com is going to be my first guest. 
Stay right here with me. We'll be right back on the Great Iron Stud Show right after this. Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiations, and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance? No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP Property Management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MY-MVP-CC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. Hey man, how many? To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We got people visiting. We got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. All right, we're back here on the Great Iron Set Show Recruiting Roundtable. Love this time of year. You get some meltdowns by the fans when players flip. I mean, you guys got to expect some players to flip, okay? Flipping is 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 recruiting. Players are going to flip. But when the players flip, the fans flip. I get a kick out of it sometimes. Um, sometimes I just shake my head uh, as the flips come in and the fans just totally switch up on a recruit. Um, one of the fan bases that seem to have had somewhat of a meltdown in recent history is the Florida Gators. And here on to talk to me about that and tell me, just what the heck's going on is Andrew Spidey from Gator Country. Spidey, how you doing? I'm doing good. I don't have to worry about a fan base. They already all jumped off the cliff. Oh, yeah. Um, to say flip would be a mild uh, statement, I suppose. Give us the genesis of the problem with the uh, Florida Gators fans as it relates to recruiting. Is it a wide receiver problem? How far does this extend? What's going on, Spidey? Let us know. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a whole deal about Georgia, other schools are making news. They're getting recruits. They're getting commits right now. <clears throat> the thing, though, Florida fans need to remember is this is a class that's already, you know, 26 deep, 26 guys in this class, 12 of those guys already on campus. 
there's not room for Florida to make a commitment every day or take a commitment every day. Just simply not there. You know, there's two, three, four, you know, maybe even five spots available in this class. There's just simply not enough room. And then last weekend was not a big official visit weekend for Florida. So uh, that's kind of where Florida fans are is, they were like, well, why are we not in the news when Georgia, Miami, and other schools are in the news? But Florida fans were happy in the spring when they were getting commitments and other schools weren't. So uh, it's kind of a, you know, I guess, I don't know. I really don't know what they want. <laughs> what it is yeah, neither do I. I mean, I can hear the uh, hesitation in your voice to try and explain that madness, and I'm right there with you. Like, hey, calm down. You've got several guys already on campus. And, um, you know, like you said, spots are pretty much filled up. So you can't be in the news all the time. I mean, you're not signing a class of 50. So uh, I would urge fans to calm down. But how about this one, Aaron Robinson? Uh, been hearing some things about Aaron Robinson. What's what's the latest with him? Is he going to end up in this class? Is he, going to, is he going to Auburn? Is he going to Alabama? Is he going to Georgia? Where is he going to be? Well, Alabama is, is hot in the pursuit. You know, this is – uh, one of the guys actually talked about this a little bit on our website today is a guy that Florida kind of got in on early before a lot of schools uh, really jumped on the bandwagon of offering him. And after a good senior year, now everybody wants to offer him. But, you know, the biggest thing right now is is Aaron has yet to take the uh, standardized test or the ACT or any of those. So uh, he's not able to take official visits. So all of his visits right now are unofficial visits. But uh, Florida will have him in this weekend. Uh, Alabama is supposed to have him in next weekend. Uh, I think Florida holds on to him. I really do. Uh, he's a longtime pledge of Florida. Uh, the, the biggest question will be is once he signs, can he make the test score to qualify when it comes to June to enroll at Florida? But, um, you know, Florida's the team right now, and Alabama's hot on the pursuit. But uh, once again, Alabama's got a, li- a lot of guys coming in this weekend. And do they have room for him next weekend when he takes that visit, or does he have to maybe cancel that visit altogether? Yeah, I mean, that that is an important factor on that. They seem to be jumping in late on some guys, but how much room does Alabama really have? Yeah, I mean, they're a school that's, I think, right now at like 20, 20 guys. So, uh, Nick Saban always takes over 25, but how many will we take over is probably the biggest question. And they got a lot of guys coming on campus this weekend and several big-name defensive backs. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. If I'm Alabama, I find a spot for Aaron Robinson, but uh, Nick Saban doesn't think like you and I do. Yeah, true of that. Um, and that's why we're sitting here, and he's probably sitting on a couple hundred million dollars sitting uh, in his sock drawer somewhere. So, uh, he's flashing you know, bad news for us there, Spidey. Let's talk about let's talk about what's coming up this weekend. Um, this appears to be a pretty big recruiting weekend for Florida. Who's coming in? Who do they have to get? And what work is left to be done on the official visits this weekend? Yeah, this is probably their uh, – well, I wouldn't say it's their biggest. Next weekend's going to be a little bit bigger, but this is a, a big weekend uh, with probably their two biggest uh, remaining targets on the board. Uh, a quick rundown, Sam Bruce is iffy if he comes in this weekend. I don't think he goes to Florida. So if he visits, he visits. If not, you know, uh, no big deal for Florida. Uh, but the two biggest guys coming in this weekend, in my opinion, are uh, defensive end Brian Burns and then tight end Nick Eubanks. Uh, both guys from American Heritage uh, – with uh, with you, uh, but they're uh, big targets for Florida. Probably, like I said, the two biggest targets remaining. Uh, Florida needs a tight end in this class, and Eubanks has been their top guy for a while. And then Florida really needs that rush edge guy to go with Antonius Clayton. And Brian Burns has been that top guy for a little while now. And 
they hope to make the push. Uh, Florida State, Georgia's also in on Burns, and I know Alabama's big on Eubanks right now. So Florida needs a home run visit, in my opinion, this weekend with those two guys. And then they have a little work to do to solidify some commitments with uh, defensive tackle Shavar Manuel and then linebacker Voshan Joseph. Uh, Florida State's going all in on Manuel and expected to get him in on an official visit next weekend. And then Alabama had a good run at Voshan Joseph this weekend. So Florida needs to solidify those two commitments while still working on those two guys in Eubanks and, and uh, Burns this weekend. And they'll probably have one of their biggest recruiters on campus in Antonius Clayton. Uh, maybe he can work on Burns and maybe say, let's be that defensive duo combo that Florida's had uh, you know, in the past with Floyd easily uh, this year with uh, CC Jefferson and Jonathan Bullard, those guys. Yeah, uh, they have to be excited about what has happened uh, on the defensive line over the last few years there at Florida. I mean, if you're trying to become a professional football player, which I assume all of these guys are, you have to like the track record for Florida there. When you say Alabama had a good run at Boshan Joseph, can you expand on that for us a little bit for our Florida Gator listeners, yeah. just to send them a little bit more into their misery? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he come out, he said Alabama was number one. I, you know, it always surprises me. How is a team number one, but you're committed somewhere else? You know, it kind of takes me back a little bit. But um, they, they just had a great visit. I mean, I've never heard a prospect go on an official visit and not say great things about it. If they did, you did something majorly sure. wrong. But, um, you know, Alabama did a really good job showing the championship hype there. And Voshan felt very loved at Alabama this past weekend. And uh, Randy Shannon's done a really good job on Joseph. And maybe McElwain and the other coaches haven't went all in on Joseph and just kind of let Randy Shannon do that. Uh, that changed very quickly as Jim McElwain was on the phone with Voshan on Sunday. And then uh, several coaches visited him on Tuesday. So uh, Ford is, you know, making him feel like a priority even more so now. And uh, the biggest thing for Joseph this weekend is to see the depth chart and see he could come in and play, you know, from day one for there. And once again, Alabama has four linebackers coming on campus this weekend. Uh, did Joseph maybe miss his opportunity to get in the class? That's another thing that Voshan and other guys have to look at as they kind of go down this stretch until uh, February 3rd. Sure. Um, and here's a, another thing that since we last had a show, which was last Wednesday, um, big news on the coaching staff of Florida is that Kirk Callahan was let go by the Gators. What effect has this had on the secondary recruiting, which is a big area of uh, recruitment in this cycle for Florida? Yeah, and I want to I want to say something before I say it. You know, with Callahan, I mean, he's a, he's a good guy. Anybody that's ever met met Kirk is, is you know thinks the world of him as a great guy, but. He just wasn't getting much traction in the recruiting world uh, with recruits. And uh, a lot of the DB recruits weren't even recruited by him. So is it taking a negative impact? I would say more so from the fact that they don't know who the DB coach is going to be, not necessarily that Callahan was fired. Uh, the, the biggest mm -hmm. target you know, right now for Florida is Christian Fulton out of New Orleans. And Tim Skipper's done an incredible job of recruiting him. Uh, he'll come in on mm -hmm. January 29th. And then also uh, Jawan Taylor is the safety commit, and that was the guy probably closest to Callahan. Uh, but he's also very close to Randy Shannon and then recruiting director Drew Hughes. So Florida, 
Florida was able to dodge a bullet there in that a lot of coaches were able to be on these guys. And that's something Jim McElwain does a good job of. He doesn't allow one coach to recruit uh, each particular prospect. He wants multiple coaches on that in case of a situation like this. So, uh, you know, would it be nice for Florida to have a defensive back coach on signing day? Absolutely. But one thing we can tell from last year is McElwain's not going to make a uh, fast, unrational decision. He's going to go for the best guy he can get. Yeah, uh shows some great patience, uh, much to some of the chagrin of uh, some fans in putting a staff together, and that's something in the long term you have to appreciate. Well, as always, I appreciate you joining us here on the Gridiron Stud Show to try and make some sense of what's going on out there, but I don't know that you've been able to pull anyone back up off of the uh, cliff that they tried to jump off of this this week. I'll send the helicopter to pick them all up on signing day when uh, Florida has a top five <laughs> recruiting class. <laughs> Yeah, it's sad. We we aren't going to know what these guys are worth in for about another two or three years. How about that? But, hey, man, thanks a lot for joining me. You got it, Chad. Talk to you soon. All right. That's Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com, one of the top sites out there for Gator news and recruiting. Certainly a place you want to be following here for the next two weeks as we head to signing day. So if you're into recruiting and you love the Florida Gators, GatorCountry.com, definitely the place for you to go. Well, from Andrew Spivey, going to head over to one of my favorite guys on the recruiting trail, who's uh, not shy about mixing it up with other recruiting reporters, as I've you know learned <laughs> right here over the last 24 hours. It's my man, Woody Womack from Rivals.com. Woody, how you doing? Got your boxing gloves on? Boy, you know, you make me sound like I'm uh, some petulant person who would go out and attack people on Twitter for stealing my photos and pass them off as their own. Yeah, I mean, who does that, right? That was that, I mean, that was funny watching that. I mean, uh, I guess the guy just thought he could slide a photo in there. You know, there are some guys that I know that run recruiting outfits, and I've got my quote fingers up, that put some pretty um, sly let's say, watermarks, if you can call it that, across their pictures. I mean, you might you might want to do that. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I'd love to send – I'd love to tweet about the kids with a giant logo right across their backs. And the guy you're talking about, <laughs> most of his photos appear to be of the backsides of most of the people. But I, I like the kids to be able to use the photos. I just expect adults not to go and, and steal them. Um, but, you know, like I said, like I said on Twitter, you know, I, I – Yahoo spends a lot of money, and I spend a lot of time traveling around to these schools and taking these pictures when nobody knows who the kids are. So when they uh, start getting these offers, I could put them out there. So that's why I was fired up yesterday. Hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. I'm with you 100% on that, no doubt. Okay, let's get down to business here. Demetrius Robinson, he's still out there, still uh, looking to pick a school. Where is he going? Oh, boy, what a question. I mean, <laughs> I've been telling people – I still think he's going to Alabama if I were to have picked today. Uh, you know, his sister is actually uh, – he has a twin sister who's enrolled at Alabama A&M uh, to run track. Uh, and then, you know, his, wow. his sister didn't grow up with him. His sister grew up living with his mom. He lives with the older brother. There's all kinds of uh, – it's a unique home situation. But uh, I really think – he was committed to Alabama at one point. I think Alabama still is the team to beat. The, there are a couple of X factors, though. Notre Dame has really made him a priority, and uh, he's, a, he's a high academic guy, so he really wants that opportunity. And then Stanford is his dream school. He just hasn't been able to get that SAT score to get in yet. So I think he is our number one candidate of the guy we're going to be tracking 
well into February. I, at this point, I don't expect him to announce a, a decision on signing day. I think uh, I'm going to be beating the, the trail down I-16 to Savannah a few times over uh, the next month or so to track him down. Uh, another top guy that's out there uh, that, you know, we're not sure where he's going to end up is Mika Juarez. What's the, what's the latest on him, who has a, you know, very interesting uh, top, top well, you know, the top guys that are out here for him. You got Alabama, then you got BYU, then you got Mississippi, then you got UCLA, you know. So <laughs> where, where do you think that all ends up for him? Well, I think it's going to be UCLA or Ole Miss. And uh, mm-hmm. the Ole Miss fans seem pretty confident that they're going to get him. I think, you know, as a, he was a guy who I believe hadn't left the state uh, prior to taking uh, a visit to Ole Miss and then going to the uh, going to the Army All-American game. So I personally think, you know, a kid like that is going to stay close to home. I think UCLA, we saw how well they closed last year on signing day. I I think personally that's, that's the feeling I get. But, you know, as we saw in 2013 when Ole Miss is involved, you know, they've been known to uh, pull some upsets. So you never know what they have. Yeah, uh, they, they have one, some kind of way. They're, they're able to pull that kind of stuff off. All right, well, listen, you guys came out rivals. You, you know, you re-ranked your, your top 100. Can you just give us some insight into what goes into that, that last ranking, and, and why we will see such uh, big jumps for some guys? Well, you know, it's really, more importantly, it's just the all-star season. We've seen the best players go head-to-head in pads. I mean, the fans only see the games on TV, but we're there all week uh, watching practice as well. I know we had the entire Rivals analyst team at Under Armour and uh, Army, which I can't say for uh, some of the other companies out there doing the rankings. I don't know if any other company can can say that, actually, based on the people I saw walking around. But so I mean, that's a lot of thought goes into it. And, and it could be a guy like Antonius Clayton, who you guys were talking about earlier. You know, he's from a 1A school in Georgia. We've never seen him go against elite competition. He steps onto the field and is dominating guys in practice and then has a really good game. He's never seen that kind of competition level before. For him to step up like that shows that, okay, this is a legit prospect no matter who he's playing. We expect him to keep getting better once he's used to the speed and uh, once he gets a little bit better coaching. So, you know, that's that's what kind of opens our eyes, and that's why you saw some guys make that big jump to five-star status or move up, you know, 50 to, to 100 spots in the rankings. Well, give us some of the uh, give us some of the names that made the biggest moves, and if you could throw throw a reason or two in. Well, I'll give you, you know, this is the time of year where I sort of sit back during the rankings meeting with my sunglasses on because the rest of the <laughs> country uh, – bows down to the southeast. So uh yes. I think I added I added five five stars, none of which I nominated during the call. So that tells you so we had Landon Young, the offensive lineman who's going to Kentucky. Uh he's from Lexington. I mean he's just six foot seven, three hundred pounds. I mean <laughs> little little body fat on him. Not just a perfect guy. Looks like he could be an NFL offensive lineman right now. I mentioned Clayton mm-hmm. as a guy who moved up. Trey Lamar, who's mm-hmm. a middle linebacker, who's headed to Clemson. He's from up here in the Atlanta area, six foot four, two hundred fifty pounds. I mean, just a, one of those uh, one of those big time middle linebackers you want in the middle of your defense. He's really improved his athleticism, and uh, that's what kind of put him over the edge. 
so we've had a, we had a lot of guys, you know, make that make that big leap, and uh, you know, it's it's exciting. The kids are excited. It's really, you know, the, as we all know, the rankings are more for the fans, especially you know in the top two fifty. But uh, you know, you can find them all. I think we got some pretty detailed articles explaining a lot of the moves. Uh, free to read on Rivals right now. Sure, and and, and on that note, um, what do you have going on? How's the podcast going? And where can we, down the stretch here of the last two weeks, get uh, the latest news from uh, from you, from Rivals, and keep people up to date here? Because, you know, it gets kind of nerve-wracking these last two weeks. Well, we got all kinds of stuff going on. We just actually were uh, midway through a redesign of the entire Rivals website. So uh, I would suggest people go check it out if they haven't been to the site in a while. Very mobile-friendly. So we have, uh, you know, a huge scroll of stories now on the front page instead of just four or five. Uh, like there used to be, so I would I would always check there. My the, you mentioned the podcast, which is uh, named Commitment Issues. We just had our tenth episode go up today. We are uh, our audience continues to go up in anticipation of signing day. So you could find that on iTunes by searching for Commitment Issues, and then follow me on Twitter at Rivals Woody, where you'll get not only the best recruiting news, which you know as you know I generally like to go to the source instead of quoting sources. And uh, then you also get me calling out other recruiting reporters uh, and, and, and making fun of people. Yes, we, and get, getting we get our true bang for our buck when we follow <laughs> Rivals Woody on uh, on Twitter. You can get it all. You can be entertained, informed, and all that good stuff. And I'm just so pleased that we're uh, getting you here on the Gridiron Set Show, man. Thanks for joining us. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. That's Woody Womack from Rivals.com. He is. Uh, a pretty good follow on Twitter. So if you're listening out there and you don't follow at Rivals Woody, well, that is a shit because that's something that you need to do because you're going to get recruiting news and uh, you're also going to be quite entertained. Woody's a pretty funny guy and he's uh, not afraid to call some people out if he needs to. As uh, you know, some of you may have picked up on uh, his sarcasm talking on a number of issues here on the Good Eye Stud Show. But good information from Woody. From uh, Woody Womack, we're going to head over to Keith Niver from 247 Sports. Always pleased to uh, have him on here with me. Can always appreciate that. And uh, Auburn is is big time now. Um, They've got a number of things going on that they uh, need to sew up, so to speak, coming up here down the stretch. And, you know, there's never a dull moment with Auburn when it comes to recruiting. And uh, here to make some sense of that. For us again, Keith Nyberg from 247 Sports. Keith, how you doing? I'm great. How's it going, Chad? Doing great, man. I know things are tight for you, so I appreciate you coming on and um, you know sharing some information here with us. Nate Craig Myers is a, a name that's uh, getting bigger and bigger for Auburn, smaller and smaller for everyone else. Do you think the Tigers land that big fish? Yeah, I think they do. Um, you know, it's funny. You know, I was on your show, I guess, last week, and, and you tweeted out some nuggets from the show. And we said, you know, Auburn thinks he's trending a little bit in their direction. And I kind of caught a little a little grief for that on Twitter. Look, I, I don't have any biases. I didn't, I, I'm not a fan in the sense that I, I believe the color of the team I cover. We just go to the kids. You know, we talk to the kids. We try to read the tea leaves. And then, you know, you know how it goes, Chad. We, we beat the bushes and work other sources, and that's what we came up with. Uh, and, and that is 100% your job, and I appreciate you yeah, doing exactly. that. I mean, you guys are there in contact with them. And you did catch a little heat, a couple LOLs, a couple what's this guy talking about. And lo and behold, um, 
he's very much in the mix with Auburn as we come down the stretch. Yeah, and that's because, look, I, I'm not guaranteeing he's going to go there. I'm not guaranteeing anything when it comes to recruiting. I mean, we've seen some crazy stuff through the years. But right now, you know, he just visited Auburn. Uh, he still has an official visit. I, I don't know if he's got something set up for this weekend or not. The last time I talked to him, he hadn't, but that's always possible he could add something. But Ole Miss has emerged as a legitimate threat. That will be his final official visit. Uh, you know, they're losing Laquan Treadwell. And uh, the, the opportunity to play at Ole Miss is intriguing. There's no question about that. Plus, Chad Kelly's coming back. Plus, they have Shea mm-hmm. Patterson committed uh, part of their, their future at Ole Miss, and he is going to basically ensure that Ole Miss is going to be throwing for the next three, four years. You know they're going to throw the ball. So, with Auburn, it's a little bit of a leap of faith. Let's be honest. They were more of a passing team last year, uh, but generally the last few years have been more run-heavy than pass-heavy. However, the flip side of that is they have put a few guys in the NFL at the receiver position. So, um, you know, kind of, you can make arguments for both teams. But Ole Miss, it sounds like, is a legitimate threat. FSU also still in the mix and always has been. You can't uh, forget about them. And then North Carolina is in there as well. Uh, Florida, that he hasn't mentioned too prominently of late. Uh, obviously, he's got a brother uh, that's four-star cornerback. That's Javon Myers. They would love to go to the same school, but there's no guarantee, no sure thing. Uh, but he visited as well last weekend. And it does seem that Auburn is trending for both those guys, and, and I think the Tigers feel like at the end of the day, they've got a good shot at both. Again, not guaranteeing anything. That's not taking the easy way out. That's just the fact that this is recruiting and it's crazy now. Sure. The brother, though, Chad, uh, he may not take any more visits. We don't know yet. I think he has something going on this weekend, uh, and then so it would be up to his final weekend where he would go. Everybody thought he was going to go old Miss with his brother, but that that doesn't seem likely, he told me the other day. So, uh, look, anything can happen, but it does seem like Auburn is trending a little bit. Both kids, both brothers uh, visited with their mothers. They have different moms. Uh, both the moms mm-hmm. made the trip last week along with some other family friends, and it seemed to go pretty well. Auburn's pretty excited from what our sources tell us. They like the, they like their chances. I'm putting in them at maybe 60 65% that they get both those guys right now. We'll see. Been wrong yeah, that'd be a tremendous get for Auburn uh, down the stretch here. Good pull for them. How about Ben Davis? What's the latest on him? He's still out there. He's a, a top guy in the country. Yeah, now Auburn visited him today. That's that's a guy that they're probably not going to get. Let's just be honest here. His dad, and I don't know, for the people in Florida that may not know his situation, uh, Ben's a 6'4", 230-pound, longest arms you've ever seen on a high school linebacker kind of guy. Actually built somewhat similarly to, similarly to Brian Burns uh, down in your mm-hmm. neck of the woods. But Ben's father – uh, Wayne Davis is the all-time leading tackler in Alabama, and the kid lives about 30 minutes from Alabama. So when you add that up, uh, going to be tough to beat them. Now, who's in the mix? Auburn somewhat, Notre Dame uh, somewhat, Georgia, LSU. He is going to visit uh, Alabama this weekend. This is when Alabama is going to be celebrating its championship, and they're going to have, gosh, eight to ten five-stars in town, including Ben. And then he will take his final official visit to Auburn, but, again, I don't think anybody thinks he's going to Auburn. What Auburn can't offer him, though, is a, a probably immediate chance to earn a starting job. That's probably not going to happen in Alabama. Uh, but, again, he's a legacy. Right. He grew up with Tide fans. Yeah, it's a tough kid, but he's worth recruiting. He's a quality young guy. And he really is looking at things with an open mind. But all roads, all arrows do point to Tuscaloosa this time. Maybe Georgia is another team to watch, though. Yeah, uh, definitely a tough thing when you have the whole legacy thing, but I'm living proof that that doesn't necessarily have to happen. So uh, I know a lot of people yeah. are looking in that direction, but when uh, you look at things, it does. It, 
you know, it'd be a surprise if he went somewhere other than Alabama, but I guess we it would. Saying, it would in this situation. Yeah, it would. It would. Yeah, not not impossible. We talked last week about the tug of war, perhaps uh, with with Will Muschamp, who's just departed from the staff, over certain players that are now falling in between South Carolina and Auburn. Can you give us an update on some of those situations? Yeah, well, one, the big one to really watch is Marlon Character. I think he, I think I touched on him last week. He's a a safety out of Atlanta, uh, Grady High School. He actually had his in-home visits with the head coaches of both Auburn and South Carolina yesterday. And here's what's funny about that, Chad. Auburn was there, the whole staff, Gus Malzahn, the head coach, all the defensive coaches. They do their in-home at Marlin's house with his, his family, uh, a ton of family, aunts, uncles, grandparents. And as they're leaving, as they're going out the front yard, out, out, leaving the house, Will Muschamp is walking in. Now, again, two months ago, Will Muschamp was working for them. And so it was kind of funny that they crossed paths literally in the kid's front yard. Talk about Auburn, huh? Yeah, I mean, it was cordial. It was cordial for him. Look, the people at Auburn like Will. I mean, you know, they, I don't think they like it that he's recruiting against them, but I think they like him as a person. And, you know, what's he supposed to do, turn down a head coaching job? And then, you know, obviously T-Rob, Traveris Robinson, got a defensive coordinator position. So it's hard to be too angry with him, but I think Auburn fans, really don't like the idea of him recruiting against them. However, they didn't seem to mind last year when he was recruiting against Florida. Now, the difference being Auburn didn't fire Will Muschamp. He left on his own. But uh, uh, Marlon Character is a kid to watch. He's probably 51% Auburn, 49% South Carolina committed to Auburn. Visited South Carolina last weekend. Will visit Auburn this weekend. Uh, Another key factor here, his girlfriend is going to attend Auburn, very bright young student herself. They are very close. They have, they're going to the same school. Uh, it's almost 100%. They've said that from day one. Uh, so that would be that South Carolina's fighting that as well. But I'll tell you what, he, I think South Carolina really impressed him the other day. And, look, T-Rob and Will Muschamp, what, they, what their track record is with defensive backs is enticing to a lot of young men, and it certainly is with Marlon character. And that's what adds so much intrigue to this. It's going to go down to signing day. I don't think there's any question about that. South Carolina is not going to take the foot off the gas. Yeah, and uh, listen, those two guys together out on the trail is, you know, scary for all other schools, as, you know, I've found out in talking to people and have experienced over the last couple of years. So a little bit of an awkward moment there passing each other. But, uh, hey, you know, it is it is what it is, as they say. Well, Keith, look, I appreciate you coming on. I know you're Got a tight schedule today, but I always appreciate the news you can bring to the fans here on the Gridiron Show. Anytime. Anytime, Chad. Take care, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's Keith Nyra from 247 Sports. Always uh, comes and brings a nice, solid information. Could really appreciate him coming on. I'm going to need to take a quick break. When I get back, it's time to go to the uh, upper Midwest and Bill Break Green. Bill Money Green. Bill Green is going to join me from Scout.com when I get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills, and in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. 
Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Uh. Alright, we're back here on the Recruiting Roundtable edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. And, uh, you know, Hall of Notes brought us back in from the break. Song is, I can't go for that. Well, I know what folks down here in Florida can't really go for is Urban Meyer coming down here and snatching up all the talent. And as I mentioned in my opening segment, he already has Torrance Gibson there who was moved to a wide receiver. He's a six foot four speedster. Uh, this week, Urban Meyer snatched up Benjamin Victor, a six foot five. Uh, go-get-it type wide receiver, and he's in pretty good with the 2017 prospect and wide receiver Trayvon Grimes. What he has amounts to a fast-running basketball team that's going to have passes thrown to them if Urban Meyer uh, can have his way. And who better to talk to about the uh, on-doings of Buckeye land than my next guest, and that's Bill Green from Scout.com. Bill, how you doing? Doing good, Chad. How are you doing? Doing pretty good, man. Just marveling a little bit at what – you know, Urban Meyer has going on. As I told the fans, he uh, snagged Benjamin Victor. Well, I didn't really tell him that. Everyone kind of knows that. Everyone had their eyes on big Benjamin Victor, and he's going to be a Buckeye, according to his commitment earlier this week, and he's in good with Trayvon Grimes. And then this morning, we get uh, one little lovely edit put out by none other than Sam Bruce with him in a Ohio State Buckeyes uniform, and uh, everything went into a frenzy. How is Urban Meyer doing it down here in South Florida like that? Man, he just he does what he does, Chad. I mean, he's done it for over a decade. It, it never really seems to change. 
I mean, he gets who he wants. I mean, it's the best way to put it. I mean, that recruiting class is always a top three, top four, whatever. And, you know, he gets who he wants. I mean, it's just basically the way it's gone since he's been at Ohio State and, and went that way at Florida, too. I mean, he's he's up there with Nick Saban is you know, one of the best. Yeah, no doubt about it. One of the, uh, if, you know, you can't call him the best. We got to leave that and reserve that for St. Nick. But uh, if he's not one, he's two. And that's Urban Meyer. And a big part of that is recruiting. Uh, tell me some other great things that he has going on. It's been a great week for Urban Meyer. Um, I'll let you lay it out. What's What's been the big stuff going on there for them? Well, you know, he got three commitments the other day. The same day he got Victor, he got the two kids he flipped from Maryland, quarterback Dwayne Haskins and linebacker Keandre Jones, both four-star kids and both really filled big needs in this class. They had a quarterback decommit about a month ago, Tristan Wallace decommitted and went to Oregon. So they sure. had to get, you know, they had to get bring in a quarterback. And so he goes out and gets Dwayne Haskins, and that was a kid that they had offered a while ago. And he committed to Maryland, so they kind of moved on, and he thought that was over and done with. And, you know, Urban lost Tristan Wallace, just went and snatched Dwayne Haskins away from Maryland. And in the process, he takes his best friend, Keandre Jones. He decommits from Maryland. Is, well, he'll be an outside linebacker at Ohio State, and he'll kind of play that Ryan Shazier, Darren Lee role. And, uh, you know, the beat goes on pretty much for Coach Meyer. Yeah, uh, definitely a, a great week for him. Well, things were so great. What's what's left? How much more? Um, what can he do now with what's remaining to uh, wow them even more? What's the big get for him in this class still remaining? Well, they they won a defensive tackle really bad. And uh, this Friday, Louisiana defensive tackle Rashard Lawrence is going to announce between Ohio State and LSU. I think he's going to LSU. I don't. You know, I, I think Urban's good, and I know you think he's good, but <laughs> the day he, he, I don't think he waltzes into Louisiana and takes one from Ed Orgeron, a defensive tackle that they want badly. So even Urban, I don't think he's going to get that one. But he wants a D tackle. They need mm-hmm. uh, a couple DBs. I think they're going to get Jordan Fuller out of New Jersey, a heck of a player. They're fighting for Carlos Becker down your way down there. I don't think they're going to get him, but they're putting up a fight. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like you say, Sam Bruce, Sam Bruce is, uh, you know, that would cause some shockwaves if Sam Bruce ended up at Ohio State. Oh, most definitely. It's already causing shockwaves just off of a little edit. <laughs> but like I, I said, what he's it, doing. I mean, they're, they got the number one class right now, whether they'll hold on to it, I don't know, but I mean, it, it's a great class regardless. You know how these things are. You're splitting hairs when you're ranked one or five or eight. I mean, if you're recruiting in the top ten every year, you've got more than enough talent to win football games. Absolutely. Now you know. Now let's do some coaching. So if you can stay in that spot, uh, you got what you need. You definitely got what you need to work with. And um, so we, we already know that they can coach. We know that they can recruit. Let's talk about. You know, there's a reason he should be this motivated, and that is the quick rise of uh, those guys to the north in Michigan. Uh, coming out and getting some things done. So what's Michigan doing out on the recruiting trail to counteract Urban uh, having these big fish land on his on his boat, so to speak? Well, Harbaugh's got a great recruiting class going, and he's not done yet either. He's going he's gonna to get uh, Rashawn Gary, I believe, number one player in the country, and 
That mm-hmm. kid is amazing. You know, uh, David Long, a cornerback out of California way. They got a great shot at getting him. Um, Jonathan Jones, linebacker down your way. I mean, so they're not done yet. And I think their class is probably ranked four or five right now. So Harbaugh's a stud, you know, as a recruiter. When he put that staff together, he put a, put together a lot of guys with NFL experience. And then you knew they would be able to coach uh, and develop players on the field. I just wondered how would these guys recruit? Well, you can forget mm-hmm. about that. They're They're recruiting just fine. And, you know, they had a great year this year. He took Brady Hoke's under 500 team, and, you know, darn near had him in a, a BCS Bowl. I mean, so he's going to win. I mean, and, he, and to watch he and Urban go at it over the next five or six years is going to be a lot of fun up this way. And, you know, don't forget Mark D'Antoni. Yeah, certainly shaping guy. up, Bill, into what it is everyone expected when Harbaugh announced that he would be coming to Michigan, that it would be the uh, battle between him and Urban Meyer. Um, not only on the field, but but on the recruiting trail. And what it's also going to do is force everyone else in the conference to raise their level of play. You know, it wasn't too long ago that the Big Ten was catching a lot of heat of not being, you know, really good football. And, look, that tide has changed really quick. Well, and you're also forgetting about what Mark D'Antonio is doing at Michigan State. I know they got blitzed in the playoffs by Alabama, but, that's you know, for Michigan State to get into the playoffs, I mean, that's good. And they've lost. I think Michigan State has lost five games in the last three years, and you're talking about losses to Alabama, I mean, Oregon, Ohio State, Notre Dame. You know, Michigan State is an elite program. They're elite. Right. So you're looking, you know, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State in the same division. So all of a sudden that Big Ten's not looking so bad anymore. Yeah, make no more about that. We'll talk about Michigan State because for all the talk of Ohio State and Michigan, Michigan State went the furthest of the three schools we're talking about here. So what are they doing on a recruiting trail? They're not really ones to have a top five, top ten class every year. That's just never been Michigan State. But let's talk a little bit about what it is they're getting done on the recruiting trail. What do they have going on? You know, what they've done is they have elevated their recruiting, but because they don't end up three or six, I don't think people have noticed, but they're ending up twelve and 11, and Mm -hmm. 13, they're in that range now, and those guys are so good at talent evaluation and talent development that for them landing at 12, it's almost the same as Michigan landing at three. I mean, Michigan State's an elite program, and he's he's getting four stars now, and and it's showing up on the field. With now they're going to the playoffs instead of being a you know eight and four, nine and three team, and just being a thorn in people's side. Now, when these four stars start to hit the field for him, he's a threat to go to the playoffs now. And he's yeah, done he's a perennial a, top perennial. Antonio top and the staff team. have done a tremendous job of uh, oh, developing players. Yeah, great job doing that. Well, you were spotted down here uh, a couple weekends ago checking out the uh, most talent that you'll see in any gathered in any one area at any single time, and that's South Florida Express tryouts. Can you give us a couple of names of some players that stood out to you that you're gonna that you took back up north to tell the people up there? You know, I really like that quarterback, Columbia. I thought I'd never heard of him. I can't remember his first name. I wish I could. And he Henry. really stood out to me. I like that kid, and I know you guys were impressed with him. And then, right. you know, the, the receiver core is just out of this world down there. It always is every year. You guys are stacked again. All those kids from Central are also good. I mean, 
it's just amazing right. to see just the, the level of talent every year. And, and as more seven-on-seven teams pop up, you would think that the talent would be super diluted. But it's not. I sure. Mean, you, you know, it's still it, – it's just such a seven-on-seven seven hotbed down there. You know, I mean, you, 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 you've got so many great wide receivers and so many great DBs that it's just a riot to watch these one-on-ones go on. And there could be kids that no one's ever heard of, kids that, you know, didn't even play much varsity, show up at this tryout, and they're 6'3", they're 200 pounds, they're running routes, they're making sure. catches, and it's like, you know, who's this kid? You know, I, I talked to a kid named Marvin Alexander. I thought he was mm-hmm. unbelievable there. And I said, how'd your sophomore year go? He said, I had a good year on JV at Blanigan. I'm like, JV? <laughs> you, yeah, you know, isn't that something? You get, you get a whole bunch it. of that. And, you know, you know, if that was yeah. anywhere else in the country, that kid would be going yeah, into his third year starting and on both sides of the ball. Absolutely. I mean, so it was great being down there, seeing those guys. And, uh, you know, the job that you guys all do with Brett and the rest of you, I mean, it's just amazing to watch. I mean, it's the premier. You know, South Florida Express is known throughout the country. And that's a testament to what you guys have done down there. Not just winning. It's not just winning. That's not, you know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how you develop these kids, how these kids can handle themselves, uh, the job you do on the field, off the field. And everybody in America knows South Florida Express. I mean, they know about you guys in California. We certainly know about you up here in the Midwest. So, you know, that speaks to what Brett gets and what the rest of you guys have done with that organization. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that. We work really hard at and trying to, um, you know, do the best that we can with it and make make uh, these great athletes who are born with a lot of talent um, turn into to great men. So I really appreciate you noticing that. And look, we, there's as you saw, there's a whole bunch more talent for the Mark D'Antonios and the Urban Myers and the and the Jim Harbaugh's of the world to come down here and try and get their paws on, much to the chagrin of the locals. <laughs> well, I know I know everybody's going to want Marco Wilson, so I'm gonna have to, you're going to have to let me know how things are going with that kid. <laughs> yeah, he's coming along, man. He's, he's coming along. It's great to be young. When I look at him coming back from an ACL tear, I know what it would be like for me at age 43, but uh, not even close for him at age 17 years old. He's, uh, he's ready to hit a flip, Bill. Well, like I said, the growth spurt he had was because I only see him once a year. And, you know, I remember the day at the FAU camp when uh, Coach Cayley up there gave him his first scholarship offer. And, and you look at where Marco right. is today, how he's progressed physically and mentally. I mean, it, it's great to watch. That's that's really the biggest kick I get out of this business is seeing those young guys as just raw pups, you know, as freshmen. And then you see them when they grow up and, you know, they've got everything in front of them. You know, and I watched Quincy go through the same thing and, it, it's been great to see how well he's handled himself on the field, off the field. And it's a lot of fun for me. It's what I enjoy most in this business. Yeah, it's a, it's a great thing for me, too, as a coach, you know, especially someone who started off coaching at the youth game and watching players go from there to I'm going to watch a guy in Daniel Braverman, and you've had a chance to see when Western Michigan played wow. Ohio State, to see him as an 85-pound football player who's now – got a legitimate chance at playing in professional football. That's just an amazing thing to watch. And, man, Bill, we appreciate you coming down here and checking us out on South Florida Express tryouts and also for joining us here and sharing your information on the Gridiron Stud Show. Totally appreciate it. All right, Chad. Anytime, buddy.
Thank you very much. That's Bill Green from scout.com, another one of my favorite guys out on the recruiting trail, someone that I've had a chance to know for quite some time here. Um, you know, very, very genuine individual and uh, someone who makes his way down here every year. Doesn't miss those South Florida Express tryouts, gathers some names and takes them back up north and uh, gets the folks down there familiar with the talent down here in Florida. All right, so from Bill Green on scout.com, we're going to head out. Back over to Rivals, and this guy, Rob Cassidy, is one half of the podcasting duo. Rob, how do you do how do you how do you not crack up laughing doing a podcast with Woody Womack? He's he's as hilarious as they come. Well, no, I'll tell you what it is, Chad, is that you're selling him out to be way funnier than he actually is. Don't stoke his ego. He doesn't need it. He's uh he he is what he is. <laughs> he is uh he, he well he cracked me up this week on his uh Twitter account. Um, you know, these guys these guys here can catch some hell from him, and you guys do a really good job with that podcast, by the way. I would urge anyone out there looking for recruiting info, which everyone should be this time of year. They're like crack addicts. Go check out these guys' podcast because they've got some pretty good information there. Well, let's talk about what's going on down here in South Florida. I talked about this guy earlier, um, Aaron Robinson. He's a commit to Florida, but starting to hear some Alabama rumors about him. What can you tell me with the latest on Aaron Robinson? Yeah, Alabama's definitely involved. USC is a little bit involved as well. They've they've reached out to him. Uh, it's going to be real interesting with him because you hear a little bit about where he's at as far as, you know, maybe with some test scores. Uh, but, you know, there's no way to really confirm that. That's just, you know, confirmed rumors. People will talk. Um, I think he's mm-hmm. definitely going to look around. He's going to shop around, and you're going <laughs> to – it's going to be one of those guys that it could come down to signing day where things could get a little bit – and I think you're going to see a lot of that this year, actually, especially in this area where things could get a little bit uncertain in the days leading up to signing day and even signing day itself. I am convinced we are headed for the craziest signing day uh, and week leading up to signing day in the history of signing days. I'm just calling it right now. I think a lot of that has to do with the coach movement this offseason, but nothing, I promise not to be surprised by anything that goes down on this signing day because I'm I'm kind of expecting it. And, yes, uh, Aaron looks to be leaking a little bit out of the Florida class. Let's see what happens there with that. Uh, I'm going to touch on a guy I don't get to talk about much and we don't talk about much on here, but that's Cato Nelson. He happens to be the quarterback for the uh, 8A state championships, and 8A is the biggest class down here in the state of Florida. Wasn't much going on with his recruiting coming into the season, uh, but now it seems to be picking up a little bit of steam and recently picked up an FAU offer. What can you tell us about Cato Nelson? Look, we've never wavered on Cato Nelson. We ranked Cato Nelson. We ranked him among the, you know, the quarterbacks that we rank in the country. We put him as a mid five, six, five, or three-star before he had a single offer. Uh, he's one right. of those guys that we were actually ahead on a little bit, and now it's seeming to kind of pick up for him. You know, he's got prototypical size. He's long, long arms, got a good arm, uh, is quick enough. He does a lot of different things very well and can definitely spin it. I think maybe he gets unfairly pigeonholed into the dual threat category when really, I mean, he can drop back and throw it. And I think, you know, a team doesn't win a state championship without him there. I mean, he was hurt some of the season, sure. But, you know, he did contribute to that team. And, and, and there's a reason why like, colleges are kind of sniffing around now. I'm a little bit – surprised it took so long for more interest to kick up on him. Sure. Uh, maybe sure. they're looking at Tyler Huntley, who's also in the same area. Um, but, you know, I've always been high on Cato Nelson. Yeah, um, and, and many of us down who have seen him uh, have been. He throws a great ball, does, like you said, a lot of things well. And uh, maybe it took being on 
on an 8-8 team that went all the way to the championship to finally get the steam going. But as they say, better uh, late than never. Let's talk about the University of Miami. They've been out on the recruiting trail, obviously. Uh, what is what? Well, you know, before we even get into that, let's talk about the edit that almost broke Twitter today. Um, Sam Bruce, a University of Miami commit, post an edit uh, of him in a Ohio State Buckeyes uniform, and the world goes crazy. What can you tell us about what Miami fans think about that? Well, you know, Sam, we've talked about this on a number of occasions on this very show. Sam has a flair for the dramatic. I mean, Sam is a smart kid. Sam knew what posting that on Twitter was going to do. I mean, it's not like he was surprised (laughs) by what happened. That was uh, like everything Sam does, well thought out, well planned. And I don't know that it's necessarily indicative of an impending commitment flip. No, I don't know it. I don't know. I'm not going to rule it out because, you know, Sam is one of those guys that could be in for a signing day surprise. But I don't think just because he posted that, that there's reason to completely melt down for Miami fans yet. <laughs> that could be coming in a couple weeks. Who knows? Um, you know, I think that Ohio State's definitely a player, though. Uh, I think Florida, to an extent, is definitely a player. Maybe not as much as Ohio State. Uh, but, you know, I'd be cautiously optimistic if I were a Miami fan related to Sam Bruce right now. Yeah, um, if you do lose Sam Bruce, what's the saving? What's the saving grace for the class? Because it kind of seems like he's the biggest thing uh, left to get. If if you don't land Sam Bruce, then what's what's left to make Miami fans smile on uh, on signing day? Well, they need. I mean, I guess they could get Amon Richard back in the fold. They're doing some work in Georgia, trying to flip some of those Georgia commits that could help them out a little bit. That's more Woody's realm than mine up there in Georgia, though. Uh, you know, getting Amon right. Richard back in the fold, I think, would be big for them. Um, that's something. I mean, he, he's had a good showing in all-star season. Uh, that would be reason enough for them to smile. But if they lose Bruce, there aren't, there aren't going to be very many smiles in Coral Gables on signing day. Uh, they've staked themselves to Bruce for a very long time. He's been committed for a very long time. He's been the linchpin mm-hmm. of that class for a very long time. And morally, mm-hmm. even more than just, like, what it actually represents on the football field, would be devastating mm-hmm. to that staff and, I think, the fan base. Yeah. Did you say morally? Yeah. This is a a recruiting show. That word should never find itself (laughs) anywhere near that term. Are you kidding me? Morally? That is not even a part of this whole situation. (laughs) No. I intended that it would be a blow to morale, not like – Yeah, I know. Okay, there we go. Maybe that. Maybe maybe morale, but not morality. Oh, my goodness. Um, What are some other things that the University of Miami is working on? that, um, you know, can, can, can make us flash here. Is there anything behind the scenes maybe that you know about, Rob, that you care to share with uh, the, the hopefuls listening right now? Man, I think that they're done in South Florida as far as big splash guys go, unless you count Richard or retain Bruce. I think anything that's mm-hmm. going to make a splash for Miami between now and signing day is going to happen north of us. I think that – I mean, Rick is in that Georgia class. He has spent – significant time trying to flip more players. I think everybody knew that he would flip Malik Young from them when he got the Miami mm-hmm. job. I don't think that, that was ever in doubt. And I don't think he, Miami's done there yet. I mean, they're definitely not giving up. Uh, there's there's mm-hmm. names there. And I think I didn't listen to Woody when he was on earlier, but I'm sure maybe he outlined right. them. How about this? Um, we saw him in the Under Armour game make a terrific one-hand catch. Uh, Deontay Mullins, what's the latest on that? Where 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 are we at on that? That's been kind of quiet. Is, is he going to be in this class? What's the story with him? You know, it's it's hard to 
without seeing a kid's transcript, it's hard to say much about them academically and still feel good about yourself at night. So I don't really know where Deontay is. I do know that he missed his entire season, like everybody else knows. Um, people say that's for academic reasons. I have not seen his transcripts, but that's what the common belief is. That's it. Yeah, all speculation, like of course. Get him, yeah, they can still get him into that class. I think, obviously, they would mm. not be uh, where they are with him recruiting-wise if they didn't. I was shocked by how little rust was on Mullins at that game. I mean, he came out from the so first man, day of I, was, think, I think all of us were, were su- surprised by that. I mean, he went out there and um, looked pretty damn good. And, of course, the catch that everyone saw looked like he'd been doing this uh, for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. Look, man, he looked better than he did last offseason when he played the whole year leading to it. I don't know. I mean, if there was some kind of dedication there to stay in the shape that he stayed in and stay as sharp as he stayed, uh, I, I don't think that that should go without being noted. <laughs> the work that he's put yeah, in on no, his own. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's definitely not a talent. Yeah, definitely a talent, as we can all see. Some other news today was, uh, you know, your friend and ours, um, Luther Campbell, coming out and saying that Miami's not recruiting – uh, Florida, South Florida. What do you What do you make of that? Is he just looking for you know, some, Luke. some attention? Um, you know, Luke. Luke. Luke is. Uh, you know, his, he means well. He definitely wants South Florida athletes to get every possible chance, especially in Miami, which is a program he cares about deeply. I think it's a little. And all due respect to Luke, who's you know the mayor of this city. I think it's maybe a little too early to chastise. You know, where they should be recruiting and where they're not recruiting. They haven't had a full cycle to. I don't think you can tell what their plan is going forward based on this. Uh, a rushed recruiting cycle, you have to improvise. Mm-hmm. You can't always implement the plan that you want to implement. Maybe maybe they do want to focus their recruiting efforts in South Florida. But as you know, when you take over late, it's hard to recruit South Florida at the level that you want to if, if you take over as late in the game as Rick took over. So maybe uh, year one is let's improvise with some out-of-state talent, some out-of-area talent. And then when we get our wits about us and we have a full cycle, maybe then we dive back into South Florida. Maybe that's the approach. Uh, I think that you got to give them the benefit of the doubt, at least for now, right? Yeah, no doubt about that. That's that's for sure. All right, well, this may feel a little weird for you answering this question since he's at the school where I coach. But uh, he is South Florida, and, you know, I'm going to let you guys do your job. Brian Burns, Florida, Florida State, it seems like the battle. What are you hearing there? Where do you think he's going to end up? You know, I asked him. He's one that's tough to read. I've said this on our podcast. I actually think that he's one of these kids that really, even at this point, doesn't know for sure yet. I think most kids mm-hmm. by now know where they're going. I don't I don't get the feeling that he does know. If I'm guessing, I'm going to guess Florida State. Uh, I don't feel particularly good. I would not make a wager on that. Not that I would wager on high school athletes anyway. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> wager on any of if I was, I, I don't think that I'd be feeling confident enough to do that. But Florida State would be my guess at this point. Mm-hmm. What's, what would be leading you to Florida State? I'm asking for Just a Just the way he talks about them. <laughs> you know, you pick up little things talking to these kids as often as I do at events. And, uh, it's nothing more than that. I don't have any inside source telling me he's going to land at Florida State. Sure. But, you know, just the way mm-hmm. that he talks about them when you bring up Florida State as opposed to Florida, uh, it kind of seems like maybe he's a little bit more excited about the Seminoles right now. And like I said, I could be dead wrong here. I don't feel real great in the choice. Uh, that's just me being put on the spot to make a pick, and my pick is right. Which I've been known to do to uh, my guest. I apologize. No, I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, well, um, there it is. It, that's recruiting for you folks. And so 
Um, man, I appreciate you coming on, Rob. I should probably keep all you guys. I should probably give you guys beepers, not cell phones, but just have beepers for you guys in case someone else posts uh, some kind of weird edit at any at any moment. <laughs> oh man, Sam, just so premeditated. It's like the most Sam Bruce thing he's ever done, you know. Oh man, he probably has some kind of digital calendar with uh, a number of things he needs to get done on certain dates. This is, you know, he's yeah, very calculated. He could have been pre-programmed to tweet that chat, and he's just sitting back. Probably, back right? His face. Yeah, he absolutely. probably went out while he was asleep. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. You gotta love it. It's recruiting. It's the business you're in. It's the business I'm in, and. Uh, we love it and sometimes hate it at the same time, but you appreciate it always. And, and Rob, thanks for coming <laughs> on. Talking with us here on a good Einstein show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chad. We'll talk. Bye. All right. That was Rob Cassidy from Arrivals.com giving us the latest on some South Florida recruiting and University of Miami recruiting. I'm going to take a quick break when I come back. Final segment of the Good Einstein show. If you want to slip in uh, a call here to me, you can do so. The number is 347-633-9365 um, if you have a recruiting question. And I know some of you out there do. Don't be afraid to call the show because uh, you certainly send me those questions by email and you tweet them to me. It'd be good to get the uh, question on air. At least someone else might have that same question and I could answer it for several folks at the same time. But uh, I'll be back right after this. Stay tuned. OMG. Look at all of this paperwork. Are you a business owner and you're buried under a mountain of paperwork? You need an MVP on your team. And that MVP is MVP Business Concierge Services. They know that sometimes paperwork can get in between you and your customers. Why not spend the time doing what it is you do best? Getting new customers handling the ones that you have now, and while you're doing that, you can have an MVP working for you. We know that tax season is the busiest time of the year for business owners. No more missing deadlines and getting IRS penalties for late filing. MVP Business Concierge Services will do all the hard work for you. They will streamline your payroll, streamline your finances, and have you on track. With trustworthy advisors that are very reliable, they will take the hard work away from you and get you back into what it is you're doing best. How do you get this MVP on your team? You call right now, 844-696-8722, 844-MY-MVP-CC, or send an email to info at mymvp.cc and get an MVP on your team today. Sure, summer's gone, winter's here, but that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. 
That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. Hey man, how many all to all you high school recruits out there? You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. Child, but I'm piped up. See that boy right up. He piped up. See that girl right up. She piped up. Pipe it 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 up. I walk in the. All right, back here on the Gridiron Special Recruiting Roundtable Edition, as we do here every Wednesday. And uh, every now and then, I like to spotlight. Players from around the country, especially if they're on the Gridiron Studs website, don't mind telling you that. And one that I'd like to spotlight is Cameron Norris out of Central High School in Martinsburg, Pennsylvania. He's a junior defensive end, also plays fullback. Very versatile player. Very, very quick defender. He's undersized, but he's a very explosive first step. Um, Has improved quickness and tenacity. Um, And like I said, that first step is a real problem. It's fun to watch big offensive tackles try to block this kid as he just goes around them and uh, get some easy sacks sometimes constantly in the backfield. Uh, If you take a look at his film on Huddle, it features an assortment of plays in which he's penetrated into the backfield with lightning speed or he's destroyed or disrupted a play. Even if he didn't actually make the tackle, he's back there disrupting all the blocking. Um, You know, he's he's just that kind of guy that you really got a game plan for. And, you know, one-on-one blocks just don't seem to work for this kid. So he's uh, putting together some pretty good and impressive tape coming along. And on the uh, offensive side of the ball, playing fullback, not only does he block well, he uh, he's quick coming out of the backfield, can make the catch and turn it into something. So there's a number of ways you can go with this guy. And, again, he's one of those undersized players, but really gets it done every Friday night. So Cameron Norris out of Central High School in Martinsburg, Pennsylvania. I'll probably be posting his uh, his huddle highlights up on Twitter, something for you folks to check out, a player that I've been extremely impressed with as going out and getting things done. So again, that's Cameron Norris out of Central High School in Martinsburg, 
Pennsylvania. See, they play good football all over the country, not just in South Florida. For some of you folks out there, there's good football all over the place. But as you know, the talent down here is crazy. I want to talk about the South Florida Express tryouts that we had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, definitely some great players showing up to the event. As Bill Green uh, told you when he was on here with us, uh, some very impressive players out there. Henry Columbia looking really great, looking like one of the top quarterbacks down here in South Florida. Also impressed with uh, wide receiver Dontavious Butler out of American Heritage. Yes, I'm, I'm being a little biased, but hey, look, anyone that was there had to be impressed with the way he went up and got the football. Then you've got uh, a number of your usual suspects. Mike Harley, uh, slot receiver out of uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. Very, very quick defender. He's held when you got him in space. Definitely someone uh, to keep your eye on. There are a ton of guys out there uh, playing that um, coming up here in South Florida Express this 7-on-7 seven seven season that I'll be talking about here on this show, but a uh, number of great performances that you get when you uh, go out to any of these events um, and uh, some some great guys coming out there. So over the coming weeks, I will be talking to you about several players on the South Florida Express team as we head into some of these seven-on-seven seven events. So I'm looking forward to doing that and introducing my listeners and uh, the rest of you around the country to some of the top talent that we're going to have playing on the, the South Florida Express team this year. And it's, you know, like Bill said, it is uh, South Florida Express is known all over the country, and that's for good reason. We usually have the best talent put together out here, and uh, usually these guys turn out to be really great men. And we've got a number of them in the NFL, so the proof is in the pudding, as they say. So we're heading into the 7-on-7 uh, seven seven season, and so there'll be a bunch of wars going on, but there'll also be a bunch of great um, performances and talent, and we'll be bringing you the videos and everything else. So be sure that you're following me on Twitter at Gridiron Studs, and uh, you'll get all of the uh, updates on that. You'll get video, and you'll you'll uh, even get reports at the uh, tournaments. And I know some of you guys like that. You want to know the scores. You want to know how guys are doing. And so, since I'm not really coaching hardcore, um, I could be more involved into uh, well, informing you guys are how things are going at tournaments that uh, South Florida Express goes to. But not only just South Florida Express, you also have strong arm and uh, you've got Florida Fire. So there's talent everywhere. I don't want to totally X those guys out just because I'm with South Florida Express. There's a lot of talent on those two teams too. So I look forward to reporting to you on how players from those teams are doing as well. If you're out there in the rest of the country and you're you know not heavily involved in another sport and seven on seven, uh, exist in your part of the country, I would urge you, if you're a skilled player, to find yourself on one of those seven-on-seven seven teams. It can only help. It'll help your skills. And if your team's good enough to go to any of these big tournaments, it's definitely an exposure factor there for you. If you can go to one of these tournaments with your seven-on-seven seven team and put in some good performances and show your wares, it does have its benefits. And for those who have gone back and forth about, oh, I've never seen – Coach, make an offer over seven on, you know, off of seven on seven, man, that's a damn lie. They absolutely do make offers off of what they see in shirt and shorts. If coaches can go to a basketball court and see a guy running up and down a court and offer a kid off of what they see in a basketball court, you best believe they'll come and offer a kid off of what they see in seven on seven. And while it's not in pads, um, it, seven on seven does provide a coach with a great opportunity to see the athleticism of a kid. And let's be honest, that's what a lot of this stuff is coming down to nowadays. Coaches want to recruit athletes and hope that they can teach them what they need to know to have that athleticism blossom 
out on the football field and have everyone marvel at the freakish athletic abilities of the players that they're recruiting. I'm doing, let's just be honest about that. That's what the game is now. So you can go out there and be 6'4", you can go out there and run fast and run great routes and, or, you know, throw a really good spiral and be accurate and pinpoint the ball and show off your arm and all those good things. Uh, if you think guys aren't getting recruited off of that, you're out of your mind. So if you're in uh, other parts, of, I don't need to tell South Florida kids this about the 7-on-7. Seven seven. They know it exists. Um, and they know the importance of it. But if you're listening to me and you're in some other part of the country, you're a parent, you're not sure, you know, what to do with recruiting, I will tell you this. If you've got some seven-on-seven teams in your area, you're going to want to get your kid on that. And if you're a kid listening to me and uh, you're a wide receiver, defensive back, quarterback, you know, even running backs, get yourself on a seven-on-seven team. It can only help you, you know, if you're not playing another sport. Okay, you know, you don't just want to be lifting weights all off season. It's great, yes. I appreciate uh, a dedication to the weight room, but you might want to supplement some of that and add on to it by uh, getting on a seven-on-seven team and showing your work there. Especially if you're playing, if you're a wide receiver and you're playing an offense that's not really pass-happy or pass-friendly, not wide receiver-friendly offense, um, it is in your best interest to get on one of these seven-on-seven teams. So if you've got a coach that's married to the wing tee, and I'm not here getting down on a wing tee coach. I played on a wing tee in high school, and we kicked a lot of rear end running that offense. Um, but if you happen to be a receiver and you find yourself on that and you don't catch very many balls, you're sitting at the end of the year with 12 or 13 catches, because I know you're paying in a wing tee offense, and you happen to be a pretty good receiver, you know you've got the skills, man, you can balance that off by going and getting on a seven-on-seven team. Go get on a seven-on-seven team. It's all about passing, and uh, you can show your skills there. You don't have to die a slow death catching 10 balls a year on a uh, wing tee offense or some kind of bear offense that doesn't really throw the ball around. Same thing for a quarterback because, you know, if you're in one of those offenses as well, you don't really have an opportunity to to throw the ball much or to make all the throws that college coaches want to see. So you can get yourself on a seven-on-seven team and show your passing ability. You can still get recruited, and you don't have to go transfer out of your school, especially if your school's pretty successful. Um, you know, no sense in putting all that pressure on your high school coach to go change the whole offense because you're there. I mean, some of these high school coaches have been running their particular offense for 15, 20 years. So don't go in there expecting them to turn into a spread offense if they've won four state championships in 20 years running a their offense. I mean, you know what you're asking that guy to do? You're asking him to do a whole lot. But what you can do is in the offseason, go join one of these seven-on-seven teams and show your value there. And also for your defensive backs, you know, you guys that say, oh, they don't throw the ball my way. I, you know, I don't get, I'm not getting any action over there. Well, you know what? Go join a seven-on-seven team, and uh, you'll get some action there because, again, it's all throwing. It's seven-on-seven. Seven. No linemen involved. No one's running the ball. So they're throwing the ball around. You'll get your action there, and you can cut out the BS on, oh, there's never any action to my side. Another thing that the seven-on-seven seven will allow you to do, it will allow you to go up against the top talent in your area. So it's good to know that, and it's good to test yourself. Just like it's good to go to any of the camps or combines that come to your area because it puts all the top athletes in the same spot and gives you an opportunity to measure yourself against the other great talent in your area. It's the same thing with seven-on-seven. Seven. You're going out and you're actually playing the game of Football, albeit, again, without the most important part, which is the offensive and defensive line, but it's still, it's a competitive situation, and you have an opportunity to go up against uh, the top guys in your area. So if you're a defensive back, 
you're up there going one-on-one against the best receivers in your area. You get a chance to see just how good am I? Am I really that good, or is it that I've just been destroying the uh, wing T uh, offense wide receivers that don't do much uh, on my particular high school? So if you're looking for competition, looking for skill development, and you're also looking for exposure, I would say to you, go join one of your seven-on-seven teams in the area. And if your school or your state or your local area has that set up already and you guys uh, you have a school seven-on-seven team and you play in some kind of league, I would urge you to take it seriously. You know, don't just ho-hum your way through your seven-on-seven season with your school. Take it very, very seriously. When I left the state of Florida after 10th grade, because just to give you an idea, you know, I was in 10th grade back in 1987. Yes, I'm that old. There wasn't much throwing going on down here. It was all about defense. It was all about running backs. Uh, people still ran the wishbone down here. People ran their offenses. There were eye formations. They were really into running the ball down here. So you didn't really get a chance to become proficient, let's say, in in the uh, in the passing game, whether you were a wide receiver or a defensive back. You were making a lot of tackles, and you didn't see a whole lot of passing going on every game. Well, I left after 10th grade and went out to California, and they were throwing the ball around in California. And they had something in the summer called passing league which was you and your teammates were on a seven-on-seven team and you were in an actual league where they kept track of scores and they kept track of the standings and you went from school to school and you had games. Um, you know, every, every I guess, Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday, you had games uh, against other schools in the area. And that's really where I got, um, I learned a lot about playing defensive back. Now, I went there as a running back. I was a running back. I was a running back all through Optimus and just kind of played DB. And that's kind of how it was when I was first put over there. You know, I was a running back, but when we went on defense, hey, Chad, go play defensive back. Well, I learned a lot in those seven-on-seven um, passing league games about playing defensive back and started taking that part of it more and more seriously. I can only thank God that that happened. Because if I had gone into this thing saying, I'm just out here playing DB, whatever, they catch a ball, no big deal, whatever, I'm I'm really a running back, I would have paid more attention to that and not taking the defensive back stuff seriously, I wouldn't have become the defensive back that I ended up becoming. And, if you know, taking a look at me, uh, I was a guy who never really got over 200 pounds, I didn't need to play running back. Running back was not my future, didn't have the frame for that. But uh, those passing leagues, and I've never really told anyone this, those passing leagues were really responsible for me getting my start as a defensive back. So bringing it all back and applying it to you, some of you out there, young football players, some of you like me may be guys that play on offense and not really thinking about defense. You might be a running back. You could be an undersized running back. You don't even really know that. You haven't really given thought to the fact that you are an undersized running back and that if you went on the other side of the ball and started playing defensive back, you might be a more valuable recruit. It's kind of what happened to me. So take the seven-on-seven stuff in the offseason seriously because you never know what can come out of it. And uh, you should be a competitive guy anyway. So um, any kind of competitive situation, like a seven-on-seven game or even a seven-on-seven practices, uh, my advice to you is to take that stuff seriously because you never know what it can develop into. A running back like myself turned into a defensive back and had a pretty good um, career out of it. So that is my message to you today. 
And I want to thank all of you folks for tuning in to the Recruiting Roundtable Show here on the Gridiron Stud Show. I appreciate it. I'm back on again next Wednesday as uh, that is, man, when we get down to next Wednesday, that's going to be one week away from signing day. Now, I do need to remind you folks that signing day is on a Wednesday. So the signing day eve show will not be on a Wednesday because that wouldn't make sense. Now, would it? It's going to be on the Tuesday right before signing day. So all of this is leading up to that uh, signing day eve show. And I can't wait to do that one. It was great last year. It promises to be even better this year. As we're going to max it out, I think I can do uh, up to three hours maybe here on on Blog Talk Radio, so I'm going to go for the full three hours. Stay on here and take everyone in through the night with the recruiting information as we lead up to Hat Day. I'm going to start calling it that, Hat Day. So again, appreciate you all listening to uh, the Gridiron Stud Show tonight. Back on on Friday doing a weekend preview of the NFL with my co-host, Amo Calamino. And uh, I just want to thank all of my guests, Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com, Woody Womack from Rivals.com, Keith Nyberg from 247 Sports, Bill Bank Green from Scout.com and Rob Cassidy from Rivals. Appreciate them all coming on the show and sharing their information with us. It's always great when they can do that. So thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your night. See you guys on Friday. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let your...